Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my websites. Recovery Radio KMP3.com. And to get the literature, sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, so glad you're here with me right now. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's just winding down. You're somewhere right in the middle of all that, but here we are, you and me. And I am. start by saying I'm grateful I have no desire to drink today. Something I feel in my heart when I say it. I feel it all the time. I'm grateful for that. I know it can return. Not randomly. It'll return if I'm don't keep in fit spiritual condition. Well, fit spiritual condition is different for everyone. Some people have a thousand feet to walk out of the woods. Some people have a hundred feet to walk out of the woods. So it's a waste of time to try to determine who's spiritually fit and who's not in a lot of ways. But I know if I don't keep in fit spiritual condition, I will decide to drink again. I'm grateful I have no desire to do that today. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here in front of me in Trader Joe's. I know people really care about that. People always write to me. Hey, will you make sure you talk about your coffee at the beginning of the show? It's really important. That's why I do it. I remember when I was about, I guess, a year and a half, maybe two years sober, I got uh, a temporary sponsor because my sponsor was moving. And I just thought I'm going to work with somebody else for a while and see how everything shakes out. His name was Lee. 
And um, I didn't feel that connected to the guy. I, I, I don't, looking back, I don't really understand what I was thinking necessarily, but that was, that was what I was doing. I was with Lee. And Lee had seven years of sobriety. And one time, um, he and I got together and we went over one of my inventories. I wrote down a 10 step and was talking to him about it. And, and then we went to a meeting, a noon meeting here in town. And he identified as a newcomer. And it rocked my world. It scared the living shit out of me. I was so confused. Here was this person spending time with me, hearing my inventory, going to a meeting, and he drank. He died very soon after that, like a week or two later, in really violent, dramatic, tragic fashion. His liver blew up. And um, it shook me to my core. I didn't have the message that I was going to receive soon after and uh, I was of the belief that it was kind of random because people said that so often who stays sober is just kind of arbitrary and stay in the middle or you get picked off meaning some outside force that's unattached to everything I do and say it's just there kind of waiting to hurt me and it might get me if I'm not in enough meetings or I'm not <clears throat> taking enough commitments or I'm not talking to enough people and just seemed like it was random. Why people relapse was random. This is after I'd gone through a fourth step, a fifth step, six, seventh, eight, ninth, had these spiritual experiences and these spiritual awakenings and I was still Confused because I was pretty far off the plot still, and I got a really different understanding of that book later on. But at the time, I was just, I was mystified by this Lee guy drinking. Just not only was I alone, and I didn't have anybody to. It really messed me up. Very painful, very scary. And, um,. I know I talk about this quite a bit on here, but you know, if you went to a, if you went to the doctor because you needed to have a surgery, and the doctor came and met you, and he said, "What are you gonna do?" He said, "I don't know. You know, I'm not sure which thing I do 
is working or helping. So I'm just going to do like a hundred things and hopefully one of them will solve it. I don't know which one it is. You need to have your appendix taken out. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to remove your wisdom teeth. I'm going to, Fix your leg. I'm going to, I mean, you know, you'd be like, you, are you nuts? You'd find a different doctor, right? You go to a doctor, you want the doctor to say, this is what happens. This is what happened. This is what's wrong. This is the solution. And if you do this, will stay solved. Well, I finally did meet somebody. I've told the story on here. Early on, I think maybe the second episode or the third episode, I don't remember which. But I talk about that. It was early days. And when I finally did receive message from a person like that who showed me that the book is like that the book is not the book's not like hey we don't know we don't know what's going to help you let's try a bunch of shit go to meetings call your sponsor stay in the middle keep busy no the book's like you need a power greater than yourself that can solve this problem you need to unblock yourself from that power as quickly as you can. You need to stay unblocked from this power. If you do stay unblocked from this power, the main part of your alcoholic problem will be in an arrested state. You're not cured, but you will be recovered. Doesn't mean you're going to be a nice person all the time. Doesn't mean you're going to be Always doing the right thing. Doesn't mean you're going to not have character defects. Doesn't mean you're not going to have fear. Doesn't mean you're not going to have resentments. But if you keep in what the book calls fit spiritual condition, you will stay sober. And I think it's important to know. It was for me. It was important for me to understand what's the problem and what's the solution specifically. I wasn't doing well when I believed it was like 10 different things. And there was like 20 things wrong with me and I was stupid and I was crazy and I was always going to be deranged. And, and my alcoholism was just going to be, you know, making my life rough forever. I wasn't doing well with that message. Thank God that's not the best message that's in the big book. Not in the first 164 pages. It's kind of amazing. But that was the equivalent for me of learning there is a specific 
problem and there's a specific solution that you can rely on. I learned in 1992 that getting out of self was going to be the solution. And it has been the solution ever since. Continuously trying to get out of self. That has been the answer. It's changed my life. Changed my life. It's changed my life, man. Can you tell I'm tired? I'm a little tired. I'm recording this at the end of the day as opposed to in the morning. I normally record it in the morning, but I am like a psycho having coffee at night. Yeah, I... So I want to, that's the message I want to pass on to you, is that relapse is not random. In my belief, in my experience, it's not. Going back to Lee, what was really going on inside of him? I don't know. You could go to meetings and meet up with alcoholics and be way off. That is possible. I can go to a meeting and be completely consumed with myself. I can go meet a sponsee for all kinds of... I can go meet a sponsee and still be completely blocked from God. That's possible to do. Happens a lot. Sometimes it looks confusing, you know? It was definitely confusing to me, I thought. This guy's doing all the right stuff, and he relapsed. It doesn't work. Remember he said something to the effect that he wasn't being honest about some stuff. It comforted me. It was comforting to know he wasn't like doing it. That one plus one did in fact equal two. That it wasn't just, I don't know. But as I sit here talking, I know the poor big book is up against so much. I talk to a lot of alcoholics every day. I talk to a bunch of them. And in different contexts, different places. And it's a very common belief that no guarantee. Most people don't make it. There's no guarantee you could do all the stuff and still not going to stay sober. There's a lot of people that believe that. I don't believe that. My experience shows me that's not true. Somebody's spiritual condition is not something I can completely Assess. So, in general, waste my time trying. You know, I've also sponsored 
very different types of people, and that's helped me see this, too. That just people who, on the outside, they just don't look like they're doing any of it. And people judge them and look down on them and gossip about them. And, and then there's people who look like they're doing everything, but they're not doing anything. And people are look up to them and respect them and talk about how, what a great program they have. And when you're fortunate enough to be able to sponsor a variety of people, after a while, you start looking at all this a little differently. I sponsor a guy now. Sponsored him since sponsored him thirteen years now. He has always two people looked like he was not well. You know talks very aggressively very you know I don't know rough and um, everyone I've ever worked with I've, I, I, he's sober 13 years I don't, I don't know anybody who's who I've seen dig deeper than him I think I shared it about it on here just speaks to what I'm talking about right now. It's like back when I met him, he was one of a lot of people that I was working with. And I was in a position where I could work with, you know, dozens and dozens. I mean, well over a hundred people. And bring that up because during that time I suggested the same thing to you know, hundred people, which was greet, go to the meeting and greet. How often should I do it? Every day. To this gentleman that I've been talking about, he was homeless. He lived in the parking lot of this meeting hall. So I thought, and I said to him, you have nothing to do. He said, I hate everybody. So that's why you, you hate everybody because you don't know anybody. Go greet. You got nothing else going on. And um, he stood there with a fake smile and did not want to be there. And he looked bad doing it. And then there were, you know, just dozens and dozens of people who looked like they were doing much better. That seemed like they were doing much better spiritually. Who said, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. For sure I'll do it. And then they would do it once or twice. Or not do it at all. Or say that they weren't going to do it at all. But to outsiders, they looked like they had it together. Well, this one guy looked like he didn't have it together. Who's this angry, you know, 
volatile guy standing here frustratingly shaking everyone's hands. There were people who hated him so much that there were meetings about this person. There were people rooting for him to relapse. You know, 12 and 12 has a story about that in the traditions. But there was somebody that they were just hoping would just drink again. I mean, awful. But there are people who are cheering for that. I heard them. I said it. But out of all those people to whom I suggested to greet, he's the only one who's sober. And he did it every day for two years. And I'm talking about this because it goes back to what I'm saying. Like, It makes sense to me why he's sober. It might not make sense to other people. Because of how he sounds, how he carries himself, and how is his rough nature overall. But to me, having a behind-the-scenes look at so much stuff makes complete sense to me that he's sober. And it makes complete sense to me why these other people who presented themselves in a much nicer way are not. This all seems confusing. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are the essentials of recovery. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. If I'm being honest, if I'm being open-minded, if I'm being willing, I cannot fail. I want to say hello to Chelsea. And I want to say to anybody who needs to hear it that everything's okay. Send me an email. Sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com Follow me on Instagram, sarcastic.a.book And Yeah. Everything's okay. I'm going to pound this coffee. Because I have a interview with a new agent for my modeling career. Wants me to actually turn down the handsomenessosity because I'm actually being typecast as somebody far too good looking. So change gears a little bit with my career. It's so dumb. I'm not funny. I'm tired. I said, okay. You know what? I'm not sorry. You're listening to this. You're the one who looked up comedy podcasts and found me. So, all right, I'm really gonna stop now. Let's just go. Stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why my life was saved, but I'm gonna go try to live a life that was worth saving, and I hope you do the same.